BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Thursday edition of Sharp Money here from Beeson, the Sports Betting Network, live from Las Vegas in our South Point Sportsbook Studio. I'm Ben Wilson, in for Patrick Maher. Amal Shaw is here on the desk. New producer for us behind the glass, Brian Ortega, host of the Concierge Confidential Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts uh, here in town. We had to get the plug right off the bat, so Brian's head wouldn't get you know, too big, Amal, but... Here we go. A lot of sports to talk about today. A lot of day games. We're going to get your preview on the big AL East matchup atop uh, the top that division with the Orioles taking on the race from the Trop coming up in a few hours. A lot going on as well in the day baseball. But uh, for now, Maul, some NFL headlines to get to right out of the jump. And uh, I'm sure you were you were uh, having a good uh, laugh at the Saquon Barkley quote that just came out and is now making the headlines out of the New York Giants saying, I might have to take it to this level as far as sitting out the season. So, yeah, interesting. Look, I think if you're Barkley sitting out, I know it didn't work out particularly well for Le'Veon Bell, but I don't think with Saquon right. Barkley it's going to be as bad because remember one thing with the Steelers, you had Ben Roethlisberger, who's a far superior quarterback to whatever Daniel Jones has been in his career. I thought Daniel Jones, and somebody had sent me a direct message on Twitter, and great job by them. They were saying that uh, Barkley was not as effective in the past game as I may have alluded to, and they were correct on that. However, I would point this out. I don't think Daniel Jones is as good of a quarterback without Saquon Barkley in the backfield. I think it would hurt the Giants. I actually think it would hurt Daniel Jones' long-term viability with the Giants. To me, if you are Saquon, you've got to kind of dig in here. He's already made $38 million in his career being the second overall pick. He's had a ton of endorsements off the field, Ben. I think this is where you draw a line in the sand. And look, I know people don't want to hear this. But, man, it's $38 million, and you're getting your body beat up every day. What's the worst-case scenario if you don't play or you walk away from this? I I mean, I get it's $10 million, a lot of money. And I I always get annoyed when people go, oh, it's $10 million, I show up. Well, you don't have to go play in the NFL. You're, you're not there because you're not good enough. And so if you're good enough, people will pay you that kind of money depending on what you do for a living. But I think he's drawing a line in the sand. It's perfect. Pollard, on the other hand, he's got to be there because he's only made under $4 million in his career. And I'm not trying to say that's chump change. But based on where Saquon is financially compared to what Tony Pollard is, right. two different stories. He's going to take the $10 million. We don't even know if he's going to be able to return at full strength. And the quarterback situation, too, for the Giants. Daniel Jones coming off his lowest interception rate of his career, 1.1%. Don't you tend to think them all with mediocre quarterbacks? And let's, let's, we don't need to get into the whole debate on Daniel Jones. Yeah. But st- statistics would bear out. He's been about a league average quarterback. Even last year, his career best season. Trying to replicate a just over 1% interception rate going to be really difficult no matter who you have around you. And you would like to think that adding a above average running back to the fold would, it would at least try to help that as the giants try to avoid some regression that a lot of people view is coming this year. You're absolutely right. I think this team got hot late in the season and I think they're getting a ton of credit for one playoff win. Ben, there's a propensity to do this all the time in college basketball. When a team wins a conference tournament or knocks off somebody in their conference tournament, people think they're going to have a deep run in March, and then you see them get bounced in the first or second round. I just don't love this Giants team. Look, the odds makers don't believe in them that much either. They're plus 160 to make the playoffs. The NFC is wide open. There is just a glut of bad teams in that conference, and you have the New York Giants sitting at 7.5 wins at plus 160 to make the playoffs. Not, not, I'm not saying that the odds makers are correct. However, if you just go based on their numbers alone – they don't believe in this team. Well, it's funny you bring that up, too, because 
as much as I would be tempted to just hammer the under on the Giants, there's so many signs that point to regression coming. Let's just go back. Let's say that we were in the year 2003 instead of 2023. And the Giants do what they did last year. They make the postseason, win a playoff game, despite having one of the worst one through third quarter advanced numbers, the the win, the expected wins in the NFL. They were a, a bottom 10 team, first, second, and third quarters. We're the second best team in the fourth quarter, which is something you just you figure them all. You don't need to be a major math head or analytics guru to figure out that that is very hard to duplicate. Wouldn't in the past, though, a lot of odds makers put their total, say, nine and a half, ten, just because Previously, before we we had the market is getting wise to the perceived regression coming in, you would just assume, all right, well, a team was that good. They're probably going to be around the same level again, whereas now the market seems to be all over this. And I just wonder, is that already baked in so much that there's not really any reason betting it now that it is seven and a half? Remember, they were seven and a half last year on the win total. Well, that was the point I was going to make. I think this team is really what they were last year or the year before to a certain extent. They've got better coaching, as we know. But overall, I don't think this team is that good. Look, if you go back and watch that playoff game against Minnesota, they were able to run the ball with Daniel Jones against the Minnesota Vikings. That's where the defensive uh, problem or breakdown was for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm with you, Ben. I, I just don't see the affinity for this team. If things break well, they win nine games. If they don't, I think this team is around eight or seven wins. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. Good for him. He got paid. I mean, look, there's a lot of inept quarterbacks that get paid in the NFL. Because the the position always requires somebody, and there's just not enough. There's not good enough quarterbacks out there. But I think Saquon Barkley is still the straw that stirs the drink on this offense. And think about think about the other team. I mentioned Giants' second best fourth quarter team last year. Mm-hmm. The team who was better, the only one, the Minnesota Vikings, who yeah. they are now getting all that credit for beating in a playoff game. It also just goes back to I think the perception now has become, and a lot of these stats have been thrown out there about valuations of running backs in the NFL and just so just the raw salary numbers where if you go back to 2009 uh, Amal how many well, how many running backs who led their team in rushing were making over 2 million in that particular season how many since 09 that's that's 13 seasons now of Super Bowl champions I have no idea it's the answer is one wow and it is not even a guy who's classified as a running back it was Percy Harvin with the 2013 Seahawks was making two and a half million wow so I think that's where a lot of this conversation comes into on Saquon Barkley which makes, I want to transition you to the Detroit Lions since they did make a move, a very small move, but it makes it so funny to me where they decided to <laughs> draft a running back so early when you had a potential generational defensive lineman and Jalen Carter on the board. Lions trade up and they decide, you know what, even though you can get running backs at this you know, bottom bargain barrel price, let's just, let's just pass on a huge positional need we have. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you think about this. Um... You see teams, they took Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama at the 12th overall pick, and it came as a shock to many people. But what's really surprising to me is the league has gone to a point where they devalue running backs. So why are you taking any running back, in essence, before the first 45 picks or even the first 64 picks or getting through the first two rounds? Completely valid point. And now the Lions are continuing to make moves. They did, this is again very minor, but they did trade for Denzel Mims from the Jets, who was the reports were Mims was going to be waived anyway at the start of training camp. Uh, Jets get back a 2025 conditional sixth round pick. Detroit will send New York a, uh, that's what they sent New York, the conditional. Uh, the Jets sending Detroit a 2025 seventh round pick as well in return there. So, not one that you really feel like moves the needle them on. And the Lions, it'll be a, a fascinating, case, fascinating case study because if you look at the just the, the preseason positional rankings that a lot of sites are putting out, a lot of people are expecting the Lions to be at the very worst you know, league average. And this was a, especially on defense. This is a grouping that was among the worst in the league last year. And how many real pieces were added? It's all been offensive improvements the Lions have made. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And look, this team, I think what Jared Goff has an offensive ceiling. Yes, Amon Ross St. Brown's a good player. I think Gibbs is going to be a tremendous talent. How he gets utilized remains to be seen. But, you know, you look at this Detroit team, everybody's high on them. They won five out of their last six games. And if you even go back further, they won uh, eight out of their last 10 games, which is impressive. But let's break down those victories real quickly. You beat Green Bay, who had an under 500 year. The Bears should have had the second pick in the draft. I wind up with the first pick in the draft. The Giants we talked about, but the Giants went four seven and one in their final uh, twelve mm-hmm. games of the season. Or I'm sorry, in their in their uh, four six and one in their final eleven games of the season. But you look at you look at some of these teams. Jacksonville, okay, they did beat Minnesota, but the Jets were a team that struggled. Uh, the Bears again, the Packers. So they got four wins in, in that stretch of eight victories against the Bears and the Packers. I, I, to me, this is the Seattle Seahawks syndrome here. You're all everybody's overreacting to a team because of what they saw down the stretch. And it's like the old great, it's the great Bill Parcells line. You are what your record is. 
and this is a 9-8 and eight team. They were fortunate. Look, Aaron Rodgers already looked like his house was on the market by the time that game was played mm-hmm. Sunday night when you got to Lambeau Field. I mean, that team looked like they were disengaged, were disinterested in that matchup. I, I'm not – I think Detroit's got a great shot to make the postseason because they're probably in what I would classify as, I don't know, the third worst division in the NFL. Sure. Behind the NFC uh, South and the uh, AFC South. So I, I'm not ready. I don't know where you come out on this Lions team. They're good. They're solid. But let's not act like they're the second coming of the 85 Bears. No doubt. Well, the thing I, I that always kind of sets the alarms off in my head, Amal, is when you have a team that is statistically very, very bad in one category. Lions were 31st in EPA per play on defense last year. Don't really make any legitimate acquisitions you yeah. think about they'll be relying on a rookie at linebacker which is always a very uh, interesting aggressive strategy to take hoping that that will just automatically translate right away right away and that already the personnel rankings from a lot of people are as if to say and I'm looking right now at ESPN they did their overall season roster rankings they have Detroit 17th so unless you're unless you're going to say Detroit now has a top five offense and is and is basically you're combining those two offense versus defense. That's how you're getting to the 17th number. I just automatically become really really skeptical when publications that we really trust, smart football people, go. All right, this is now a 17th ranked team when the defense was that bad and they didn't do really really do much to add. That's all. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I still have some concerns. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, look, when you have a hot stretch at the end, and people kind of tend to remember that we have a basically a recency bias. I don't know. I want to see what this team does. I want to see what the Packers are, the Bears. I think there's a few intriguing teams in that division. I, I think even though that division isn't great, it could arguably be the most intriguing division because sure. you've got teams like Chicago with Justin Fields. They add in more DJ Moore at the wide receiver position. I'm not sure what Chase Claypool is going to be, but the offensive line is theoretically improved. Green Bay, if Jordan Love is competent and effective without turning the football over, that team could be pretty dangerous. Minnesota, we're talking about the Vikings like they finished 2-15 and 15 last year, and this is a team <laughs> yeah. that went 13-4 and four because uh-huh. they lost one playoff game. All of a sudden, they're the worst franchise in the history of the NFL. That's why we love the, these long stretches of, the, of July where you see every single narrative hammered into the ground, and a lot of times, some you always talk, too, about just groupthink and how that can sometimes take over betters' mindsets, and that all of a sudden becomes gospel when it really is far from the truth. No, absolutely. I'll tell you right now, and a guy like me, I could use a switch. I'm getting killed in baseball right now. The Braves can't cover a run line except when I don't bet them. And, you know, so I'd like to at least take some losing teams from the NFC North. The good thing is I know all these teams are going to falter at some point in time, mm-hmm. and hopefully I can be on the opposite side of there that. There you go. That Hey, that's that's one way to look at it. The Braves, by the way, part of a couple of games that have already wrapped up day games in baseball. That was a huge comeback for the Braves that had a lot of importance. Braves and Diamondbacks had been engaged in a very tight series that the Diamondbacks had uh, looked very, very good in each of the last couple of nights. We'll talk about the baseball up next. There is another big game with divisional implications. It's coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll get them all thoughts on that pregame. A lot for us to get to Josh Applebaum, VEASAN Morning Daily Bets will join the show at 4 p.m. on the East Coast. And Vinny Maliolo, the Hall of Famer from the sports betting side, will stop by from the South Point here at 5 p.m. on the East Coast. That is all still to come. We're just underway on this Thursday edition of Sharp Money. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today, and new customers can bet $5 and get $150 in bonuses instantly. Use promo code VEASAN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. It's Sharp Money with Amal Shaw. I'm Ben Wilson, live from Las Vegas, South Point Sportsbook Studio. We'll have more baseball to discuss in a little bit. We've got a few day games on right now. Alejandro Kirk just goes yard for the Blue Jays. 4-0 lead over the Padres in the bottom of the eighth. One of several games with playoff implications. Right now, though, Amal continuing the conversation. Potential NFL teams to go 5-0 and out of the shoot. You can bet this at DraftKings, one of many markets that are now available that are kind of the pseudo partial season futures. You don't have to bet a team for the full season, but if you like the schedule out of the gate, you can give it a shot. And Philadelphia certainly is very tempting at plus 380. Trio of teams next, Amal, that sit at a 5-1 to one right now on the list. The defending champ, Kansas City Chiefs, are the first one I'll, I'll throw at you. You look at where, where the Chiefs are at coming out of the gates here. Start off with the, the Thursday night game, 49 days away officially now against the Detroit Lions, and then... At Jacksonville, which early in the year, that will not be an easy uh, test in the heat humidity of South, of uh, North Florida. At uh, They'll also be at the New York Jets and at Minnesota in the first five games, sandwiched against a home date against Chicago. So with a team that look, deep, defensively kind of feels like Kansas City is, as, is in as good of a place as they have been in a, quite a long time with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. The question is, how quickly will that all come together under Steve Spagnolo, and, and how much do you expect them uh, to make it through that first gauntlet, three road games in their first five unscathed? Yeah, I think it's going to be challenging. You've got that Sunday night game at the Jets. That'll be a tough atmosphere. Then you go next week to Minnesota. You mentioned they open on Thursday with the Lions. Now, the one advantage they do have with playing the Jaguars on the road in week two is they play that Thursday night game, so you've got three additional days to get ready for Jacksonville. And it's going to be an important game in the AFC because the one thing quietly, Ben, I'm not necessarily high on the Jaguars as maybe other people are. I do believe they win the division. But the Jags could potentially contend for the best record True. because they're in such a weak division. So you're looking at you know going 5-1, and 6-0 in the AFC South. So that's an important game. They do have the Bears at home in week three. But based on what we've seen so far, I would take Philadelphia over the Chiefs. And what did you say the Phillies? Oh, the Phillies. The Eagles number was? Uh, Eagles was plus 380. Yeah, you can see yeah. why it's shorter than these. Uh, the number with the Chiefs at 5-1. to one. It's, well, it's why you know, Jacksonville is a – if you are a, a believer in what the Doug Peterson as head coach and Trevor yeah. Lawrence as a quarterback have done combined with that relatively weak division, like 15-1 to – there are worse long shot bets for most wins, regular season wins. Jacksonville fifteen to one. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll necessarily get there, but when you look at them and what the momentum brought them last year in that playoff win against the Chargers, it helps a lot. Lawrence takes another step forward in year number three. This team's in a really good position. They've gotten a little bit better. Uh, I think this is a good opportunity for this team. As far as the other five to one teams, them all in that grouping: San Francisco, Cincinnati, each five to one. Between those two, does one interest you more than the other? Um, I would probably say the Philadelphia Eagles talking about oh, so the five to one. Yeah. The five to one. Um, I agree that the Eagles are the one that, yeah. that, that that is the most logical. It's why that's a short shot plus three eighty. But if, I, if you were to go longer, I'm not really in love with any of these, but especially like San Francisco no, I, goes road road out of the, out of the shoot, even though they will be favored in both games at Pittsburgh and at LA. Rams. I, I would take actually in the five to one, I would take the Niners. You're at the Steelers. No problem opener. If you can win that game at the Rams, I like their chances. Mm -hmm. And then you have the giants at home on Thursday night, Cardinals at home. And then you're, uh, you have the Cowboys at home on Sunday night. The Cowboys won't be an easy game, but a couple of factors, Ben, you have a great situation to be able to hedge in that final game. The Cardinals should be an easy victory for them. 
And I, I just think San Francisco, to me, is still the cream of the crop right there with Philadelphia in the NFC. Completely agree. That's why I would definitely favor them over Cincinnati. And I'm glad that our producer, Brian Ortega, included the Bengals on this list because even in the recent couple of years, I'm all aware under uh, Zach Taylor as head coach, the Bengals have been much better. They have traditionally struggled out of the gates in September. A lot of that was because of new pieces at offensive line. So that could be the one case. If you believe, well, now the O-line has been together, they shouldn't have the same issues. But this is not easy. You go at Cleveland, a a rejuvenated Browns team, first year with a full offseason for quarterback Deshaun Watson, home against Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and that new-look offense. Also, uh, road games, I realize, at it's kind of like those first two weeks of the big ones, though, Amal, because you get at Tennessee, at Arizona, two teams projected to be a bit weaker with a home game against the Rams on Monday Night Football. But I would not touch the Bengals at 5-1, to one, even though those last three games are definitely tempting since they will be big, big favorites. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. But remember, the Browns are, uh, have had good success against the Cincinnati team with Joe Burrow under center. And an important game for Cleveland in the home opener uh, to start the season. Great opportunity for the Browns there. I agree with you, Ben. However, you could theoretically bet the Browns and bet this 5-1 to one bet. The Ravens at home, I think they should be able to get past them. But again, it's not a slam dunk with Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore team. You're right, though. As you go down the, uh, the line after that, the Rams at the Titans at the Cardinals look very manageable. But I still think Philadelphia and San Francisco are better plays than these two in terms of the uh, matchups. Agreed. You know, the one that actually did jump out to me as well as more of a, a longer shot type bet was just pulling up the list for the so the Baltimore Ravens have actually been taken off this market, but Baltimore was earlier up and they were in, they were in a double digit range. I want to say it was 11 to one for Baltimore where just think, you know, the first, at least the first three games, even, you know, this is not necessarily a team you would bet in this market, regardless, they're not available right now, but to get Houston and Indianapolis at home in two of your first three games, and yeah. also a divisional team that tends at least historically under the current regime to struggle early in September, that's, that's a, as good of a start as you could ask for if you're John Harbaugh as a head coach with those three, if you're watching us, VEASAN.com, YouTube TV, home Houston at Cincinnati, home Indianapolis, even though it is Cincy and that's a daunting task. I'd, if you're John Harbaugh, you have to love what you're getting out of the shoot. Well, I would say yes in the sense that you get the Texans and the Colts in two of the first three games, but I'll tell you what, the, the season can be decided pretty quickly for this team. You're at Cincinnati, at Cleveland, at Pittsburgh. I mean, my God. Do they want Baltimore to be eliminated from the division race pretty quickly? (laughs) It could go, look, it's one of those things. It could go very well or very, very poorly because, yeah, at Cleveland, at Pittsburgh, then you go to London and then take on Detroit, everybody is seemingly crowning the next Super Bowl champion. So it it is an interesting stretch. It's just if you're higher on that team. No, I just also think about for teams that have different personnel, like new offensive coordinators coming in who are going to look a little bit different, even if a lot of the pieces are still the same, it is very, very beneficial to get weaker teams on paper, especially at home to start the year. If you're trying to in- incorporate new things in real NFL regular season offenses. That's fair. I, I think from that standpoint, you're absolutely right. Uh, the, but the one good thing for them is the back end of the schedule is not as bad. Um, I mean, you got the Rams, you're mm-hmm. at the Jaguars fine, but uh, Dolphins and Steelers to close out the regular season, you know, you like your chances in those two spots. But last year they blew a lead, right? It was uh, there to... 35-14 lead against the Dolphins? Yes, that was week two, I believe, yeah. and ended up. I mean, uh, yeah, that was an interesting one. But, you know, outside of, the, outside of the Texans and the Colts, maybe the Titans in London, and that's a home game for the Ravens. That's, that's what's even yes. worse. Because Baltimore has got a whole good home field advantage, good fan base, good crowd. It, that's a little bit of a challenge. But they don't have... To me, when you go to the back half of the schedule, I, I mean, yeah, the Rams are there, and I mentioned those games at home, but they don't have any layups for sure, right? The Rams might be the one, but you got the Hawks, the Seahawks, the Browns, the Bengals, the Chargers, um, Jaguars, 49ers, even the Dolphins and Steelers, even though I think being at home, it's a huge benefit. Those are not layups. No question. And it's why I just look at Baltimore coming out of the gate, and they understand how important those first few weeks are to take care of business, at least in the first those two home games, understanding how tough things actually do get starting in week four at Cleveland. Uh, the other team on our list here that we'll break down is the Buffalo Bills. They are 6-1, to one, but when you think about opening the season on, on, on Monday night at the New Meadowlands against the New York Jets, I get that you get home Raiders at Washington Commanders. And then a couple of, well, one is a home game. One is a uh, London game against Jacksonville after a home game against Miami. But three of those first five teams are good enough where I would, I would have serious doubts about like, why would you want to bet the the bills and tie up your money in a prep like that? I I would agree with you. I I think though, the two that you look at, and we've talked about this Philadelphia and San Francisco, I think both of these teams have a legitimate shot to start five and oh, even if both don't, I think one of them might, 
Oh, easily could I could easily see it. Meanwhile, Buffalo with that ten and a half season win total, it is shaded over after winning thirteen uh, games last year. But I I I wonder if like because I always try to pinpoint. We'll we'll talk a little bit later in the show too. Uh, general contest strategy, Amal, since you are always in these circa millions, and and we'll talk survivor strategy as well. This doesn't really follow in follow into either category. But there's always one game week one that you you take away from, and people completely overreact to. I wonder if that Buffalo New York jet Monday night game could be the overreaction game of week one this year, where let's just say where Buffalo comes out and just looks it's like they, you know, all the hype is there on the jets. Yeah. It's a raucous crowd. Buffalo looks shaky out of the gates jets win. And we're ready to just completely say, all right, well, this bill's team is, is completely falling apart and fraudulent. Like some people thought the off in the off season. Well, I think a couple things. Number one, you have to take into consideration the injury to DeMar Hamlin, just from a mental standpoint, mm-hmm. that was a huge blow for this team. What happened in Cincinnati, they get blown out by the Bengals in the playoff game. I shouldn't say blown out, but they were dominated from just an overall standpoint. If you look at that game, you never felt comfortable or confident. If you had the Buffalo bills in that one also, um, to me, I, look, I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I, I think he's the most accurate passer I've ever seen. As Mahomes is going to probably go down, in my opinion. And, you know, I, I don't have a problem if people disagree. I think Mahomes will eventually go down as the greatest quarterback ever. But he's not the most accurate passer when you go, compare him to me to a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is unbelievable. You've got Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. This team is really good defensively. And think about how many times Zach Wilson was going three and out, no, three and out, excuse me, excuse me uh, three and out with this offense. I think this team's going to be really dangerous. Don't sleep on this Jets team. Sure. I understand people's affinity for Buffalo and some of the consternation for the Jets, but I think Rodgers just elevates them yeah. so much. It's okay, Mo. When you start bringing up the words Zach Wilson, it's easy to make yeah. your brain melt. Hard to put words together. We'll we'll have a lot to discuss at hour number two, starting with Visa analyst Josh Applebaum right after this on Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? If you drive over the speed limit, there are lots of sounds you might hear. You could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing, the sound of first responders desperately trying to save you. You could even hear the sound of people crying at a funeral because if you drive over the speed limit, you could do damage that's beyond repair. One way or another, speeding catches up with you, paid for by NHTSA. A big thanks to Josh Applebaum for stopping by the show here on Sharp Money. Again, give him a follow at Josh underscore Insights, host of our Visa Morning Daily Bets and Market Insights podcast. We had to talk some more uh, college football win totals and all. It's been a fun week with uh, previewing, previewing teams with you because you know every single one of them. So hey, I ben, always enjoy this. Ben, don't ask questions you already know the answer I, I, to. <laughs> Let's go. Fair, fair. Come on. Very fair. Well, we're looking, interestingly enough, getting some uh, some data from who have been the most bet to the over, most bet to the under. So this yeah. is always fascinating just to look at it's public perception where sure. where the general betting market and public is on certain teams. So we'll throw out first, just the, the overall teams, the top five to the over top five to the under from BetMGM So far getting this data, uh, we already talked, if you missed it, go back uh, in the archive. Cause we talked pretty extensively about the big 12 yesterday. And one of the five teams of all is Kansas state being bet to the over. You can find them at DraftKings eight and a half over plus plus one forty, which is the one I love out of the big 12. Yeah. So uh, those are ones you and I both really like Texas nine and a half. You said yesterday, your quote was, this is their conference to win. This was right there in front of them for, for Steve Sarkeesian in Texas here. So those are a couple of the most bet overs, uh, but I want to get to a team in the big 10. We have not mentioned yet over these last couple of weeks together. That is the Iowa Hawkeyes who are at eight and a half win total, at least at bet MGM, even money to the over. They made the interesting decision, and I only say interesting just because it shouldn't be a surprise in, in, the, uh, in the world of the some, some nepotism you sometimes see in college football and in other things. But Brian Ferentz is back as offensive coordinator despite a completely anemic offense in 2022. 25th season now for head coach Kirk Ferentz. Brian Ferentz, seventh year as OC. And how big of a adjustment do you believe will actually happen offensively despite all the good things that have been said in the offseason and all of the adjustments that Brian Ferentz claims to have made? This was a Hawkeye offense that set football back about 100 years a season ago. Well, as a out-and-out spokesperson against Kirk Ferentz, I don't cry any tears the fact that Brian Ferentz is their OC. I look forward to the Hawkeyes having another 7-5 and five year with Cade McNamara, the Michigan transfer under center. He's terrible. And, you know, I know all these people go, oh, Ferentz has done a nice job. Let me tell you something. You guys must have missed the Hayden Fry era. He had that team ranked number one in the country, okay? <laughs> yeah. the Hayden Fry could flat out coach, and he was in the same location. Last time I checked, they didn't move the school. And this Hawkeyes team will do okay because the Big Ten West is not particularly great. They open with Utah State. Then they've got the Cyhawks series against Iowa State, but this time in Ames. I think Matt Campbell's team will be ready for that one. they got to go to State College. That should probably be about a 12-10 Penn State win. It's a game where you look up and you go, why is Penn State not up by three scores? For some reason, the Hawkeyes 
Hawkeyes always seem to play them tough. Um, I think Sparty's down this year, so an opportunity there. Uh, you've got Purdue at home in back-to-back weeks. At Camp Randall, um, the, and then at Nebraska in the rivalry game, they do, the, they got a great schedule. I, I, you're at Camp Randall October 14th. Your next road game is November 24th against Nebraska. And remember, Big Red went into Iowa City last year and knocked off the Hawkeyes. And I think Matt Rule's team is going to be better. That Again, like I said, if you're not from that part of the country, you may not be aware. Great rivalry. Mm-hmm. Seven and five, good year for this team. What's their season win total set at? It's uh, eight and a half. Yeah, Even I, money. Which and again, I think a lot. This this will be very similar to what we'll talk about in a second with Michigan State, who's another top five team bet over by the betting public. It might not be the sexiest team on paper, but it's all about the schedule, and that's the perception for both of those teams. Yeah, I, here's the reason why I don't see nine wins for the Hawkeyes to get to that over eight and a half. If you like the over, I go towards the under uh, because first of all, I think they're going to lose against Penn State. Penn State should be ten and two this year. We talked about that the other day. Wisconsin's got a good football team. They're going to be right there with uh, Luke Fickle as their new head coach. Braylon Allen, in my opinion, the best running back in the Big Ten. That's two losses. Then you've got also the game against Iowa State. That will not be an easy football game. That could be a third loss right there at Nebraska, potential hiccup. Illinois is a much improved football team. The Gophers always play uh, for the Floyd of Rosedale against sure. Iowa. Always a tough matchup. So I think this team, like I said, seven and five to me, eight and a half is a high number. I thought the number should have been set at seven and a half. Uh, I think the Hawkeyes are a seven and five team. I'd go under on this team. The other team in in that same ilk is Michigan State, who we we figured would have a big drop off last year. Amal after star player at running back Kenneth Walker was drafted to Seattle. And sure enough, that happened for head coach Mel Tucker, only five wins, really disappointing year. Tucker getting a whole lot of money to coach a five and seven team. And now he's back for year number four. Again, it's a, now a five and a half win total reflecting the five win team from a season ago, but interesting. I'm surprised them all to see so many people betting Michigan state over. You are getting plus plus one thirty on that, but it uh, seems like a cover that not necessarily bear, but a lot of missing parts. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. You look at the Spartan team, not a big believer right now. The quarterback situation's up in the air. We're not sure what they're going to have in terms of who their starter is going to be. You've got a couple of guys competing at this point in time. That's the big situation right now with uh, Noah uh, Noah Kim potentially the starter there I, I just don't like this team I, I don't think they're that good and I have a lot of concerns about them and I'm going to tell you what I love the fact that Michigan State's Board of Regents, their athletic department is so dumb <laughs> that they would hire a moron like Mel Tucker to be a lifetime coach for them. Congratulations to Sparty. Enjoy five and seven. I don't know what toilet bowl you get to go to when you're six and six, but that's what's in the future for this program. Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan are so far ahead of them that Ohio, those three schools don't even see Sparty in the rearview mirror. Think about this. Remember when they had a highly ranked team, they went to Columbus? Yeah. I think they gave up a 49 spot in the first half against the Buckeyes. The Mel Tucker. That game was 21 nothing five minutes in, if I remember correctly. It, it was an absolute blow. Mel Tucker <laughs> is the Peter Prince of what it's finest. You reach your highest level of incompetency. His highest level of incompetency is coaching in East Lansing as a head coach. This team and this program are mediocre. They're stuck in the mud. They're going nowhere with this guy. I can tell you right now they'll be looking for a buyout in three years. I can't. There's nothing I can say to push back against that. I completely agree. Who cares about the five and a half wins? They're irrelevant. Let them yeah. go to a bowl game. Let the Big Ten make a little bit more money. They're not that good. They're going to lose at UW. That Huskies game's a tough one. They should beat CMU and Richmond in the first two games. Maryland's not an easy out. Uh, at Iowa, lose. Michigan, loss. At Ohio State, loss. Penn State. This team's got five losses right now from the jump. Uh, at Minnesota's going to be another loss. I'm going to tell you right now, under 500, here we come in East Lansing. Oh. When, when is uh, Midnight Madness in, uh, at the Breslin Center? <laughs> That's a good question. The Izone already making preparations for 20. They're going to have a good team. They're going to have a top five team. They they've will. got one of the best coaches in college basketball, and they've got one of the most inept coaches in college football. So you think about which team you're going to support uh-huh. this year. I would make the same decision as, as many of the folks in East Lansing will be doing. Uh, speaking of one of the former, uh, these former schools that Mel Tucker was at, Colorado. Yeah. What do you make of all, like, it's not a surprise, right, to see so many people very much in love with and drinking the Kool-Aid of a new head coach and Deion Sanders coming to Boulder. We had Mike Pritchard on earlier in the week. The former Colorado Buffalo won a national championship there under Bill McCartney back in the early 90s. He's, he is invested in his alma mater over three wins. They're at three and a half now. The most single bet over team, at least from BetMGM, at even money. Amal. What, what realistically, though, do you expect from a team that you talk about cover being bare? I mean, there wasn't even like a jar of mayo in that cupboard last year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I'm looking right now at the CU depth chart. I have never seen this before in my life. On their top 44, they have four returning players. Four. Four. 
I mean, it's crazy between recruits, transfers in from JUCOs or other colleges. Four. This team is completely different. <laughs> uh, they get Alton McCaskill, the running back from Houston, who a couple of years ago had a thousand yard season. Last year had an injury like that. Cavassier Smoke, uh, I like him a lot at the tailback position. So he's gone out and got some players. There's no question about it. His son, uh, quarterback Shadur Sanders, I have not seen him play, did not watch Jackson State play. But you've got Travis Hunter, who is, remember, the number one recruit in the nation. A lot of Florida State people that are still mad at Deion Sanders for taking him away from FSU. He was committed there. So they've got some pieces and some parts. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. If you've never been to CU Boulder, it's one of the most beautiful campuses in the country. Great place to go to school. So I think eventually we'll be able to get things turned around. The schedule right now when you look at this team is going to be a bit challenging. They open up with TCU. Not an easy game on the road. Then, of course, you're going to play that Pac-12 schedule. Do they get over their season win total? I think it's what three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Probably not. Maybe if they do, it's going to be some early victories, and they can build upon that. But overall, look, it's for me. I don't really care what happens in year one. If they go zero and twelve, or if they get five wins, either way, I'm not worried about this year. It's more towards what's going to happen in 2024. Yeah, I just understand why. Yeah, why people with so many unknowns. It's like it's impossible to project how a team with, as you mentioned, literally four returners and and some names that are very, very highly regarded from the recruiting rankings, but put them together in a locker room and, and a first year head coach. It is really hard to just say and feel like, how could you have conviction if you're betting a Colorado over, even if, even if you like the pieces coming in? Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. Here's where I'm going to kind of refute your statement, because sometimes when you have the unknown, it could turn into something great. And if you like it and, Look, winning four games over the course of 12 is not an overwhelming number. Sure. And, and I get your point, and I, I think the majority of the time you'd be right in what you're saying. But the one argument I would make is, you know, everyone talks about Dion, and they forget when he played, this guy watched more film than anybody. And, you know, we sit there and we look at certain coaches. You go, well, how's he going to do? How's he going to do? Urban Meyer, everywhere he went, he takes over a 3-9 and nine Bowling Green team, goes 9-3 and three his first year, goes to Utah, and goes 22-2 and two his second year. He goes undefeated. He goes to Florida, second year, he wins a national title. His fourth year, he wins a national title. Third year at Ohio State, he wins a national title. I'm not saying that Deion Sanders is Urban Meyer, but this is a guy that played in two professional sports. He's a Hall of Famer in the National Football League, arguably the greatest cornerback of all time. He's got talent. He can reach guys. If you've ever seen any of the clips at Colorado, I mean, most people would be ready to run through a wall for him. So I'm not going to discount what could potentially be there. For me, year one doesn't mean as much, and I'm not suggesting he's going to be able to have a Sonny Dykes type of season because Dykes did have some talent there. But I don't think you should sleep on the Buffaloes in the sense that they're going to just be, you know, two and ten. I think they'll compete. Let's see what happens early on. Yeah, totally. That's a completely valid statement to make. That's why I, I look at three and a half. Seems like a very fair win total for I the Bucks in 2023. Those are the most bet overs on the win totals in college football. When we return, we'll talk about the five teams who have been the most bet to the under in 2023. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, 
safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today, and new customers can bet $5 and get $150 in bonuses instantly. Use promo code VSIN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. In 15 minutes, we'll go through our preview rest of the Thursday slate in Major League Baseball because while there is a huge AL East matchup atop that division, Orioles and Rays start a four-game set at the Trop with first pitch in about an hour and 10 minutes. So we'll get our full breakdowns on that coming up in just a bit right now, though. Talk a little Survivor. Let's do it. Let's because, it, I mean, no time like the present. Start talking strategy. Uh, you had a great line off there yesterday, which I would like for you to repeat to, to, to the audience. And when I asked you, so when do you sign up for contests? And your response was? <laughs> I said as late as possible. I said in case I perish in between. I don't want to re- I, I don't want to ruin the amount of inheritance I leave my family. That's so good. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. I get it. What's what's the point signing up on July 20th when you can do it on September 1st? I mean, for people that are coming from out of town, I understand. But if you're local. Yeah. I... You make very valid points. Where do you stand to on the crowd that that feel the the urge to put a survivor entry in on the Thursday night game so that if they lose, then they can just rebuy and then and they have that ability to kind of play the field for game number one? I mean, look, to me, why not just make a $1,000 straight bet on a game? I mean, it's, if you're that concerned about the first game and you're burning Kansas City this year, I, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily sure. the most prudent play. But look, I, I can appreciate where people are coming from. I don't necessarily look at it as the best move. I think you want to take your best possible play um, because the one challenge here is it's like the NCAA tournament except for 17, 18 weeks. Pretty much. Well, you've had a lot of success in this contest, as well as uh, millions. We'll talk about you know, the, the other, uh, and it's not just Circa Millions. There's the Westgate Super Contest, a lot, and now nationally, a lot of different uh, five against the spread picks a week you can make in that. But as far as Survivor goes, you've made it pretty deep uh, in the past them all. What are some of the, the rules that you have tended to live by that some people might kind of scoff at or not really believe are true, yet are, when you look at it, break it down, are actually pretty good ways to approach it? Yeah, I'll give you one. I, I tend to not take teams on the road. And, you know, in the NFL, anybody can be gotten any given day. And it doesn't necessarily mean because you're at home, you can't be beat. I mean, we've seen, you know, you mentioned it before we came back, the Jets, they were like 16-point underdogs and they got beat by the Rams. I mean, they beat the Rams at home. So I I think that's just one thing. I just feel like teams at home generally have more success than they do on the road. And it's proven fact in sports when you look at the pricing in baseball. You see a team that's a $2 favorite at home today, Spencer Strider and the Braves, minus $2. If they were in Arizona, probably around minus 125, 135 against that gallon. That's what made last year so crazy because you'd week one, a ton of road favorites. And San Francisco losing at Chicago was was a big one that a lot of people lost their survivor entry on. And I, I definitely try to follow the same principles this year's a little bit different at least because i think some people again i don't know where you stand on this either i'm all where like there are a lot of people that will map out the entire season from week one to week 18 and, and in circus survivor for those who don't know they they require you to pick an extra game as thanks the thanksgiving day slate is a totally separate entity the christmas day which which uh which will i'm not sure how that is working out this year mall since christmas day is on a monday now but at least last year there were 20 separate weeks not just 18 Correct. weeks so I, I look at it and go how could, like how could you really say how could you have enough conviction to go this team will suck in week 16 it's, it's so th- i like to just start at week 1 and i play it week by week now i've never yep. gotten that far so maybe that's maybe that's a, an issue on my so end. in the first year i got to week 15 and i screwed up i actually had the play it was going to take the ravens i switched it because finley was playing quarterback for the bengals and i went against what i said and i took the steelers on monday night they end up losing and had i done that i would have been fine cuz i was going to take the saints who destroyed minnesota on thanksgiving or on christmas weekend mm-hmm. friday and then take the Pats in the last game of the year, and they won against the Jets. The thing is this. Here's why I map out the entire season. Because two factors. If you don't look to Week 10, and you say, okay, Kansas City's playing this weak team now, I'm going to take them, then what do you do when you get to Week 10? You should have some thought process of two to three to four teams that you're looking at taking during that stretch. It's like anything else in life. If you don't plan, you know, it's like the great John Wooden line, a failure to plan is planning to fail, right? And so it's a similar situation here. People say, well, how can you? No, you're not mapping out the whole season, but you have a pretty good idea. It's like if you make a futures bet, you think that team's going to be there at the end of the year, right? So it's a similar situation. You think that this team's going to be there. Then you adjust accordingly. Um, You know, perfect example, there are some teams like uh, Seattle, 
Jacksonville. You adjust according to how they're playing. You right. know, Seattle was a team I was going to go against last year. Didn't matter. I got bounced in week two with the Browns coming back or Browns blowing the lead against the Jets. The oh. Jets were the first team since uh, I think around 1999 or 2000 to come back from down 13 points or more with less than two minutes to go. So you're kind of mapping it out. It wouldn't matter. I would have been gone in the third week because the team that I, 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 I liked in week three would have gotten I lost bounced. with Tennessee week one last year. Yeah, so, yeah. against the Giants. Yeah. Bullock missed the kick. Um, but my, my point is, um, to me, I'm looking at certain situations like, uh, okay, maybe I'm not necessarily going to play this team, but I've got to have a thought process. So I go through, I do the entire season, and then I will have um, two to three to four plays that I would potentially look at. Now, in theory, a quarterback could be hurt. Uh, a team could be in a tailspin, whatever, things change. But if you just sit there and say, okay, I'm going to take Dallas, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Kansas right, right. City, and Buffalo and Cincinnati in the first six weeks. Now, all of a sudden, what do you do when you get to the back end? Now, there is a risk sometimes in saving those teams because they may not be as good as you thought as well. And I think Circa does an extra, they do an extra bonus if you don't use the, the Super Bowl teams from the previous year. So, like, if you were to hold off, if you don't use Kansas City, Philadelphia, you get it. There's an extra bonus involved there. But is that what that is this year? Because that was the case last year with Cincinnati yeah, and the Rams. That, yeah, and again, that's that's. We're just talking kind of basic survivor strategy because there are people who play in more contests than just the circle, and that is the most uh, popular one nationwide with the giant uh, payouts that they offer there. But I, I look at uh, the Week One card, and it's just interesting this year now, Maul, because you have a bunch of home favorites who are very heavily priced, and so there you could look at it and go. Like I would imagine very, I would be surprised if many people at all took Kansas city as a seven point favorite over Detroit outside of the ones who just want to get one locked in for Thursday night, first game of the year. And if somehow, some way they lose, then they can buy back in. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. I don't think you'll see a lot of people on that, but again, look, whatever your personal preference and choice is, you're going to go with it at the same time. Chances are the chiefs probably win the game. Uh, you know, sometimes it's better than taking a matchup where it's a complete coin toss. You're going to get to a point around week 12, 13, 14, 15, where you're in certain games that it is a toss-up and you got to just hope your team prevails. Sure, absolutely. The, the thing I also th- feel like a lot of betters get, and I, I include myself in this as well, that it can be a really dangerous game in Survivor is trying to, for lack of a better term, slough off teams you aren't really high on. But let's say like they are home, they are favored, they have a good matchup against a poor team. couple of, like one, mind, one that will come to mind right away, it's the Washington Commanders Arizona Cardinals matchup week one. Commanders are a six point favorite right now. Yeah. I gotta think that that is going to be a very popular selection simply because most people's logic is, well, when am I using Washington again? This is an awful Arizona team. I'm going to to look at the the quote unquote bingo square right off the mark. Just get Washington, get him out of the way. Those are the ones I always worry about just in general because of the fact that, well, if they aren't very good, they could certainly lose a game like that. You're correct on that. And and Washington with the uncertainty of quarterback could be a problem. But I'll tell you the other thing, unlike in betting. You know, people are like, well, the whole crowd is on that. Well, in Circa Survivor, you don't want to sit there and think about that. And real quick, just to clarify, for people that are unaware, you cannot use the same team twice. Yes. Um, so if you've used Washington, you will never be able to use them again, or if you use Kansas City or whomever. Uh, but look, I, I get your point. And Washington's an intriguing play in week one because they take on the Arizona Cardinals, who many people think will wind up with one of the worst records in the NFL. But for me, when I look at a team like Washington, a guy like Kyle or Kyler Murray, he could be a lot more dangerous in certain spots and situations than other people. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, a long way to go in terms of how these things play out. But I will tell you, I think this year is going to be much, much more difficult than I think years past. Because even if Arizona is bad, I still think they're four wins, three to four wins. Whereas there's no team that you're looking at that's going, well, that team's 0-17. That team yeah. is going to be one that yeah. goes 1-16 or something to that effect. Well, in the year where I believe it was the year you were talking about them all, you made it to uh, to week 15, week yeah. 16, where they, I want to say there were like 20-some uh, winners who shared it was, the like, Yeah, it was like 60,000 each, yeah. Yeah, and you know, the thing that year was you had two, you had a New York Jets team that was just an auto bet against every week, and, a, and, and the Jacksonville Jaguars Correct. were horrible. So essentially what you could do – you pretty much could just play one or the, one or the other against those two teams, and there were only, it ended up being a situation where there were only a few weeks where you had to find something else. Where we don't see that happening this year, like you mentioned, Arizona has the lowest win total on the board. Where I mean, it's not like a team that is completely going to tank. That that's a, a group that has so many so much draft capital already. They they've got an opportunity to they still have a quarterback in Kyler Murray. Not that I expect him to be great by any means, but. Don't expect any free bingo squares in most weeks, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I like the way you phrase that. You're, you're 100% spot on. I don't think there's going to be that type of team. Now, it could happen. Let's say if Kyler Murray got hurt, 
then Arizona's in real trouble when you see this team. Remember we saw uh, a McCoy play quarterback for them? Yeah. They did, I think they beat the Rams. But the point is, you're, you're going to pay attention to some of these teams that are bad. And you you can't worry about, well, like the Washington example that you used. I would say probably 30 to 40% of the contest will be on Washington in week one. But you can't worry about that. Your yeah. job is to survive and move on. Don't worry about the rest. And yeah. again, we don't know how long when, when Kyle Murray actually will come back for Arizona. I think that's part of it too. Yeah. The assumption that it'll be Colt McCoy uh, week one. So Vikings laying six and a half at home against Tampa Bay Ravens minus nine against Houston uh, week one mentioned the, the Washington spot as well. Those are, and then the Seahawks minus five at home against the Rams. So, Three home favorites of five points or more, and that's not even including the, the Chiefs opening night. So I want, if any of those scare you off, I would imagine those four games, though, is where the bulk of the pool is going to be taken from. I, w- I would agree with you. I think um, you, you see some intriguing ones. Baltimore is going to be one. I didn't realize Minnesota also has Tampa in week one. So I think those are all games that you could see potentially teams that are played uh, heavily by other people. It's, Minnesota kind of follows that, that line of thinking, too. Well, maybe they regress this year. Let me use them now before they struggle against a projected bad Tampa Bay team. All right, we'll transition. Little MLB to wrap up the show. What do we think happens in this huge AL East top of the division matchup that starts in about 30 minutes? Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.